Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. Real quick thing before we get going. Please subscribe to our show and follow it. In whatever platform you're listening to us on. Yes, whatever app you're using right now, there's probably a plus button or a little bell or it says subscribe. Well, tap that, please. Just a quick little... And it makes such a big difference for us. We would really appreciate it. We really would. So please do that. And thank you. Thank you. And now let's start the show. Yay! everybody, it's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you guys in the wilderness. Oh! That we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, Is it rude to make a life announcement about yourself at someone else's party? Last year, my husband and I were going to use our Thanksgiving dinner party that we were hosting for a small group of family to announce that we were expecting our first baby. Then I heard, by way of my sister-in-law, that my brother-in-law was going to be bringing his new girlfriend to dinner and that they would be announcing their engagement. I was shocked for multiple reasons. And now we have some multiple reasons. Reason number one, no one in my family had even met this girlfriend yet. It was a very new relationship. Reason number two, my brother-in-law did not RSVP for himself or this woman for the party, and they live out of state. Number three, I thought it was rude to use someone else's party to make an announcement. Am I wrong? Should you ask your host if it's all right with them before you make an announcement at their gathering? Or was I just upset to be sharing the spotlight? Yes, it's rude. No, you are not wrong. (laughs) Okay, coming in hot, Leah Bonima. I'm coming in hot. So I think a couple things are happening here. So I feel like we kind of have to tease them out. The first thing that bothers me is that you would not RSVP to the dinner party. (laughs) (laughs) I'm particularly bothered by this. This is what catches my eye. I do not care for that. And as a reminder to our listeners, don't do that. That's rude. Yeah, absolutely don't don't do that. At dinner parties without RSVP. Like, that's not a thing we do. So don't do that. So I'm bothered by that. It does feel like if you liked this person, you would probably not mind that they also had good news. Like, good news is not a zero-sum game. We can all have good news at this party, and that would be fine. I think part of it is that we just don't like the fact that, like, there's this new woman we've never met and my relative is like not RSVPing for this party and they're bad guests. Like, I think that's, I'm bothered by that. So anything that they do, I'm also bothered by. I also do think though, if I'm hosting a party and you were going to make an announcement, I don't know why you just wouldn't say, hey, I was going to announce my engagement or is that cool? Yeah, is that something you should ask for? I mean, I could see that you wanted it to be a surprise for everyone. So when you tell the host about it, then it's no longer a surprise for everyone. So I could see like why you might not do that. Well, not only is it a surprise, it's also a surprise that you're coming at all. <laughs> right? Yeah. It does feel like you will catch your hosts off guard a little bit. But let's say you were just going to announce your engagement at this dinner and you didn't have good news of your own and so weren't sharing the spotlight. That would feel fine, Right. That like, oh, Thanksgiving, we're all together. And oh, there's an announcement. Like, it feels like that there's two announcements happening. That's the problem. It feels like the host in the story also had good news and they feel like their spotlight was stolen. And I think, I guess that's what she's bothered by. Well, she also set up the whole party and is doing all the work and wanted to invite all these people to announce their first child. Oh. So I think that if you're going to go to somebody else's party and then make an announcement, I would check with your host that they don't have an announcement. Oh, I see. Okay, 
So you feel like this Thanksgiving party is also the party that they have designed to be the vehicle to announce their news. Yes. Oh. It's at their house. They invited the people. They're doing the cooking. I could see this. Yes. It's not just our normal Thanksgiving dinner party that we will then also happen to have good news. It's not like we're going to a restaurant. Right. This is their party. So that's a good question. If this was a restaurant, would that be fine? I think it would be different. Okay. So yeah, okay. So if you have big news, you should probably check in with your host. I guess that doesn't feel wrong. And I guess you could just say like, oh, I kind of have a big announcement to make at dinner. Do you think it would be okay? And then that would be our host opportunity to say we were going to announce... Some other big news. So... Yeah, some other big news. Please don't announce your news. Let's figure this out together. Like maybe we'll announce it appetizers and you announce it dessert. I guess I'm just feeling like your good news does not attract from my good news and we can have multiple pieces of good news that we can all be happy about. Yeah, but I think that you should check in with your host first. Because we're worried about the spotlight stealing. Okay. I mean, I could see you wanting to have the good news all to yourself. Yeah, that's fair. Like, why can't you get a night? Why can't it be your night that you get to talk about? They don't even know this person. They've never met this person. Well, that's the detail why I think our our letter writer is bothered. (laughs) Because not only have you stolen my spotlight, but like, I don't even know you people. Yeah, that's, I'm talking about in this specific instance. You know, if it was like a tight family and you knew everybody all the time, maybe that would be different. But in this circumstance, we have a person we don't even know who has an RV repeat showing up to be like, it's about me now. (laughs) Right. No, I totally agree. For our letter writer, for this event, for these circumstances, you're right to be aggrieved. Yes. I'm just trying to expand upon this to see if we can come upon any more universal rules about this. So if they had RSVP'd and you did know this significant other. Right. I still think that if I wanted to make an announcement at somebody else's party. Okay. I would send an email and say, hey, I wanted to make this announcement. I don't get to see you guys a lot because we're out of state. I would love to use this opportunity. Mm. And then I, as the host, would say, we were also going to announce this other good news. Please don't tell. Just between us. So let's do it at different times. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I'm coming around on that. Now, I did follow up with this letter writer. I was going to say, I, um, I hope we found out what happened. I want to know. I want to know. So apparently they broke up. There was no engagement and they did not come to the Thanksgiving dinner. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Imagine so. that they'd ruin this Thanksgiving dinner for this person by usurping their announcement and then broken up. Sure. That would be very aggressive. Yeah. No, luckily that didn't happen. Yeah, there was no engagement whatsoever. So harmony has been restored to the universe. Thank goodness. Our next question is from Sydney, Australia. Hello from Sydney. We have a heavy Asian influence to our cuisine. My question is, how does one signify they're done with their meal with chopsticks? I'm thinking in the vein of a Western knife and fork being put together at the end of the meal. Okay, Leah. I think it's a great question. I heard that you break them in half over your knee. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it. Our next question. (laughs) Yeah. No, you actually stick them up your nose. Oh, oh, okay. Or alternatively, depending on what cuisine it is, you will put them behind your ears like pencils. What I like to do is Uh it's really good if you use it as a hair clip. You just flip it around, stick it through, and then everybody knows you're done because your hair is up. Well, usually that's the resting position. So when you're mid-meal. Mid-meal. That's where you put it. Taking a little break. But after the meal, it's either up your nose or behind your ears. Okay, perfect. No, the real answer um, is that there's actually quite a bit of variation with chopstick etiquette, depending on like what Asian culture we're talking about. But I think if we're in Sydney, Australia then I think the best thing to do would be to put your chopsticks together parallel to yourself 
and then put them on top of your bowl or your dish with the points pointing left. Okay. And I think that's like a nice way to leave it. So that's what I would do. That seems like a very clean, concise, not in your hair answer. Yeah, it's an alternative, but uh, you know, do whatever feels right. (laughs) Nick is so excited to travel with me. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. So our next question is, quote, my sister-in-law has a one and a half year old son. And he's the only baby in our entire extended family. So he's the center of attention, as he should be. Before he was even born, I set up a 529 savings account for him and make regular contributions to the account instead of just buying him toys. My question is, how do I approach sharing when I gift in this way? It feels a little weird to say, I just put $100 in his education fund. Since my husband and I don't have kids of our own, we are sure to contribute throughout the year to try and get a good savings base rate for him. Should we just silently donate? Which is okay by me. But I just don't want her to think that we're forgetting about milestones and markers by not sending gifts. I thought about this one. Well, first, before we even talk about the answer, let's just explain what a 529 savings account is for anybody who doesn't know. Basically, this is a way that you can put money away tax-free. And then when you take it out of the investment account and you use it for education expenses, then there's no taxable event there. So it's a way to sort of like grow money tax-free if it's used for education. So a lot of people do them for their own kids or kids in their lives because it's kind of a nice thing. So It's a very nice thing. How do we handle this? I thought about this from all angles. Great. And my main takeaway, obviously, is that these people really love this child. And I think that you can just have the conversation with your sister-in-law and be, and say exactly what you said to us. Like, we're donating to this. I don't know what the best way to celebrate that with you is. Oh, okay. So ask your sister-in-law, like, what she would recommend. Just because the, the only way I feel like the sister-in-law is going to see this is how much they love this child. And they just want to make sure that she knows and the kid knows that they're celebrating. Um, and this is happening regularly, but she doesn't want to say, just send a hundy. You know what I mean? So <laughs> what would be a fun way to do that with her? And I think that's an okay conversation to have because it's just a really caring gesture. Yeah. I mean, I think what we can do is for any milestone throughout the year, the birthday, the first loose tooth. I mean, I don't know what other things we celebrate throughout the year. Uh, holidays, solstice. Um, you can send a card. Like, hey, Toby, you know, hope you had a great birthday. We made a contribution to your savings account. Love, aunt and uncle. So I think we could just use the greeting card as our mechanism to let everyone know that we've made a donation. And I think that's fine. Or I guess at the end of the year, you could send an accounting to the parents in sort of more of a business-like way. Like, hey, just want to send you like an annual report from the account. So you see like where we're at, FYI, and just sort of email them a PDF, you know, once a year. That could be a way just to remind them like, oh, you're actually contributing money for them. Right. I like the card. I think both are great. I like the card. Card is a little nicer. You can also do both. I think you can do both. Yeah. But I don't think you should be shy about the fact that you're like making contributions because as the family, they should also acknowledge your generosity. They, they owe you a thank you note for this. And it's also nice that they know that there's money being put aside for like it's a pragmatic thing for them to know that there's money besides a kind gesture, money being put aside for education. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think we want to keep it a secret from them. So yeah, let them know. Yeah. And then they should send you thank you notes and then that's how it goes. Perfect. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. And it's sleep week, which honestly, one of my favorite weeks. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's right. And Brooklinen's high-quality sheets are the key to getting your best rest this sleep week. And whether or not you sleep hot or cold, you can discover the secret to sweet dreams with one of Brooklinen's six different weaves. And believe it or not, Lee and I have different weave preferences. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's so shocked. <laughs> yes, I'm a percal kind of guy. And so I'm currently sleeping on Brooklinen's percal sheets. And I'm a sateen. Of course you are. Of course, I mean, of course I am. So transform your nighttime routine and improve your sleep overnight with Brooklinen's customizable bedding bundles, saving you time and money. And I went with the bundle that's all white and I like hotel living. I actually got this gorgeous, they're striped. Mm. And then I got the uh, duvet cover that's this beautiful sort of bluish gray and it matches our ocean theme perfectly. (laughs) And I love getting in these sheets. They're so comfy. And then pulling up that duvet and it just feels like I'm I'm in a cloud. So get your sleep back on track with Brooklinen's bedding and home essentials. Shop 20% off everything plus up to 45% off bundles during Brooklinen's Sleep Week. Sales happening now in store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com for 20% off. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. So our next question is, quote, Do you tip on a service that's part of a trade exchange? I'm a graphic designer and recently did some branding work for an acquaintance's cosmetic tattooing business. We agreed that instead of monetary payment, she would do some work on me in exchange for my design services. Do I still tip her for her work? And here's an important detail. The work I did for this person was a couple of years ago, and we're now just getting around to completing the trade. Since that time, the prices for her services have probably doubled, which then leaves a pretty big imbalance between what my work is valued at and the current value of her work. We're talking a couple hundo at this point. Help. Ugh, tipping. I had a really, <laughs> I had an immediate response to this. Okay. And my immediate response is, I don't think we tip on bartering. Yeah, I had that same instinct too. Because like bartering is where we exchange goods or services without money. And so there's no money. We are directly exchanging the thing. Yep. And we're not using money at all. So we don't want to now introduce money to the bartering system. That's how I felt. I don't know where I that came from, but it was in my... A hundred percent reaction. Yeah, no, I totally feel the same way. So I think we're onto something with that. I think that the trade is on the service. And I don't know if we always necessarily try and exactly calculate the value of the service when we're doing a trade. Like if I bake an apple pie for you in exchange for you fixing my sink, we're not calculating my hourly rate plus the price of the apples versus like the price of the pipe. You know, like we're not doing that. It's just like you're doing this one discrete thing for me and exchange, you're going to exchange it. So I think our exchange is still good. You did graphic design services. She agreed to do some tattooing for you. 
And that's it. Yeah, I 100% agree. And because we agree on this, it isn't an issue, but... (laughs) Great. I think whatever the service costs at the time, if her services cost more now, that's irrelevant. It is irrelevant. It was what you agreed upon at the time. Right. And also, we didn't agree on a dollar amount of service. We just agreed on a service. Yeah. So the fact that your service price has changed doesn't change because we're not talking about the money of your service. We have only ever been talking about the service itself. Right. And I do think that if it's such a, if in the future you make another agreement with somebody else and you still feel uncomfortable about it, I would ask at the beginning, in your mind, does this include tip? Oh, yes, you could clarify that. I mean, I think this ship has sailed for this and I think you don't have to worry about tipping. But if you continue to feel anxious about it, if you do another trade in the future, just talk about it in the beginning. Yes. But I think if we do want to tip, I think we would tip using the bartering system as well and not tip with money. So like, oh, I want to acknowledge your great effort. Let me buy you dinner. Like, let me do something for you. Let me bake you a pie. Let me do some other thing for you that's not money. Because we're going to keep the tip within the bartering system as well. I really like that. Because the whole point was to not use money. Right. Because otherwise we could have just used money here. Yeah. (laughs) So we didn't. And so let's not add money. And I think if you do feel, for this instance, that the value of the services makes you uncomfortable and you really want to do something above and beyond, then you could ask and say, like, I understand the value of your services have really changed since we had this bartering deal. I just want to make sure that that's still okay. Or if there's more graphic design services I can offer you. Like, that would be another way to handle it. Yeah. Like, how can I increase the value of what I brought to the table before to try and make things equal? And they'll probably just say, like, oh, no, it's fine. This is great. And I also don't even think you have to do that because you made an agreement. Right. Yeah. And the agreement is good. But I mean, I understand. I can imagine feeling this too. And I think that what you just said is a great way to handle it. Yeah. I mean, I think when in doubt, I guess, have the conversation about it. But I also think you could promote the work after she does it as a sign of extra appreciation. Oh, sure. Yeah. Send clients her way. Yeah. That's always a great way to acknowledge somebody. Yeah, totally. Great. Our next question is, quote, My wife and I enjoy listening to your podcast very much, and you frequently raise compelling topics worthy of further discussion. But if I make a comment during the episode, I get shushed, so I don't interrupt the next segment. Generally, I agree with a stance of not talking during a performance, but by the end, I might forget which topic I wanted to explore further. What's the best way to handle listening to your etiquette podcast in a group setting? Should we pause, take notes? Should you as hosts pause more frequently to allow breaks for independent side banter? Or perhaps leave more detailed show notes similar to a book club discussion to refer to after the fact? I realize this question may seem oddly meta, but it is a sincere etiquette concern. Looking forward to your thoughts on this matter. Well, first of all, I'm delighted that you are listening to our show so intently. I think it's such a fun visual that they're watching together and then discussing the topics. I really appreciate the listenership. Totally. Which one of you always agrees with me? (laughs) That's what I want to (laughs) know. Are you team Leah or team Nick? We know you have a favorite. I. What's funny is that I don't think of things as Team Leah or Team Nick. I think of us as a group. Yes. And I'm against the idea of Team Leah and Team Nick because we are a partnership. It's a little bit of something for everybody. <laughs> that is true. So I guess, can you pause during the show? Yeah, I think let's have consensus with whoever you're listening with. Have a conversation first about like, how are we going to listen to this show? And agree on what the rules are. So like, are you going to pause anytime you feel like it? Are you going to pause only after the end of each question? Or are you going to pause only during the musical breaks? Like whatever it is, I think like have a conversation about it and then have some agreement. And then that's what it is. 
and I guess take notes along the way. <laughs> you want The idea that you're going to take notes to us is seems a little silly. But if you want to take <laughs> notes, uh, happy for you too. That's wonderful. And also, we always have transcripts of every episode. So you could always print out the transcripts and follow along and then write notes in the margins and use that to debate later on. We can't pause. We can't pause. We can't have dead air. That's like, it's actually a number one rule on any type of radio. It would make you very uncomfortable. Yes, if we just stop talking. That makes me uncomfortable. Like that, right? I just personally <laughs> felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it feels dirty. Yeah. All the deep, dark thoughts of my life just Ooh. filled that void. <laughs> yeah, no. I need to keep talking to calm the demons. Yes. So, but thank you for your attentive listening. Love it. I love it. I appreciate that you guys are making it a group event. So our last thing is aftermath. Aftermath. So you may recall, we got a letter from somebody who was waiting on their wedding photos and they were prodding their photographer to try and get them. And it was like a whole struggle. So here's the aftermath. Quote, we finally received our photos. They came out absolutely gorgeous and it was great to be able to share them with our family and friends that couldn't be there. We received several emails from the photographer asking us to post a review before we received our photos, which we kindly said that we're going to wait until we received our gallery. The photographer gave us a $100 credit for future prints to make up for being late, but we had to ask twice for her to send us the discount code. Any advice for how to move forward with the reviews? Hey, I'd like to say I'm very glad that the photos came out fantastic. Glad that you got great photos. I think there was a chance that you weren't going to ever get your photos. <laughs> yeah, we were, so. We'll be honest, we were nervous. And yeah, so I'm really glad you dodged a bullet there. Also the $100 print credit. That's nice. Yeah, that's a gesture. I appreciate that. And then I also recalled from this question that this person was recommended through a friend. Yes, there was a personal referral. Which I think makes a difference with the reviews. There is a consideration to be made. Yes. Which is why I wrote, don't leave any reviews. I have come to the same conclusion, but my journey to get there was long. My first instinct was to seek vengeance. You have been wronged. This photographer was not professional. You had to beg to get these photos out of this person. They were not on time. You know, they, they didn't do anything they promised. And for that, I want to seek vengeance. This cannot stand. We cannot live in a world in which this is allowed. So the first thing I thought was like, uh, how do we seek revenge? Then I was like, uh, but do you really want to like ruin this person's business? Like, is that nice? Do they deserve that? Does that punishment fit the crime? And it's like, well, probably not. And then also how satisfying is it really when you leave a nasty review? I mean, sometimes it's satisfying, but most of the time it doesn't really give you that uh, deep sense of satisfaction that we actually wish it did. In which case, yeah. So I wrote, just don't leave a review. So funny that we wrote the same thing. Yeah. So we came to the same conclusion. I wrote it more because I, I know they were recommended by a friend of yours. Mm. I think that if somebody comes to you and says, I heard you use this photographer, would you recommend them? Then give them your opinion. You're definitely free to be like, oh, the photos were great, but they weren't on time. Uh, and let your person like make a decision from there. Don't recommend them, but don't leave a negative review. I think that's fair. Yeah. And I think if you are going to leave a review, if you just can't help it, then I think your review needs to be very factual. Like the photos were great because they were. They were not as on time as we wanted them to be. And, you know, that's factual. So I think you could say that if you were going to leave a review. But I would just rather let it go. No review. Move on with your life. 
we're done. One time I felt very aggrieved. <laughs> okay, just once? Well, aggrieved. I've never left a negative review for anything. This is why we're different. Some days I actually have days where I just go through things that I've enjoyed in my life. This is a true thing <laughs> I do. And I make sure that there are positive reviews on whatever website. Oh, so you're going on Amazon. You're like, I do like the Splendor. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> my favorite conditioner. My favorite. I just want those people to know I love this okay. product. So I have wow. nice reviews days. I do it at least once a month where I just go get Once nice a month? Yeah. We are different people. I've never left a, a negative review. One time was very angry with somebody somewhere. And I went to that <laughs> website and I wrote out a review like, oh, I did send a letter to a library once that, and the problem was solved. It was quite okay. a, I'm a great, when it has to be done, but that wasn't a review. Sure. That just okay. something needed. That was fixing. a customer service issue. I love the library more than anything else in the world. And this needed to be fixed, but okay. I wrote the review. I let it sit on my computer mm-hmm. and then I erased it. Okay. So did that give you the same sort of serotonin release? I felt, yes, I felt very refreshed, I guess. Okay. Because I got the, like, why would you, you know what I mean, out? Right. And then I let it sit there. I saw the words. The words saw me back. Mm. And then I erased it because I didn't need for, it wasn't that important. True. Yeah. So if you feel like you want to leave the negative review, at least write it first. Let it sit. Let it sit. And then decide if it's still worth it. And I do think it makes a difference that you, they were recommended by a friend because maybe it's important to that friend. Oh, you think it's going to come back to the friend and bite the friend? No, I think maybe that friend was like, that person's my friend. Did you have to do that? And then you'll have hurt two people. Oh, I see. Not that they aren't deserving of it, but just it might not be worth it. Does that cause more drama? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. A lot of considerations. And I want to say that I'm so happy that our letter writer followed up with the aftermath because I actually think about these things. They randomly pop into my brain and I'll be like, I wonder what happened. Oh, yeah. No, I'm very interested in knowing how some of this stuff works out. So if you want to know how it worked out, let us know. We'll track these people down. And if you have questions for us, send them our way. You can send them to us on our website, wereraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, Leah, one more thing. What? Have you signed up for Patreon yet? I have. Me too. You out there, have you signed up for Patreon yet? No? Well, go to our website, wereraisedbywolves.com. Click on monthly membership, check it out, because we would really appreciate it if you'd support our show. We love your support. We would. So please do that. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.